Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello, families, and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is part two about distraction squirrel. (laughs) As funny as we started this episode, I was distracted because our holiday lights turned off. We were about to launch into it. I was was like right about to start my spiel, and all our holiday lights just went out behind us. Oh, we keep tripping that GFCI. Where do do our neighbors buy these lights, Aaron? We we bought commercial-grade lights this year, and you know what? And then the squirrel squirrel went ahead and ate part of our lights. A squirrel chewed through our light string, the commercial-grade lights. So now the cheapy ones, of course, are like every year we have some different problem. They last 35 seconds. Yeah, our street, though, goes like all out. Like we live on one of those like lampoon streets where everybody has like crazy lights yeah. and so then when when you know you trip the you trip that then th- your whole house goes down oh well, yeah it's terrible and, and then it's like oh man so, you know now we're the only house with no lights so. yes of course we're, we're, we're the standouts so we're a little distracted we're a little distracted episode. if you have a chance to head to support the podcast if you're looking a way to do that we have a link down below for our gumroad store if you're looking to do your around the world journey or if you are looking to figure out you know, what you'd like to do with ancient civilizations. If you're thinking about doing that with Build Your Library, we are doing a ton of videos over on our YouTube channel. So feel free to hit the subscribe button there as well if you haven't already. If you're still doing your holiday shopping, we did a holiday gift guide that came out in November, which was super awesome. And we have affiliate links there for that too. So it's a great way to support the podcast. So last week we talked about distractions and we went to like all the meta elements of like, you know, what type of distractions there might be, you know, kind of do that analysis. And I think our our homework was to go off and Right, so I want to hear your report. So this week, I think my biggest issue with with distractions, uh, I had like I think I had two of them. So the biggest ones this week, we were coming out of the holiday, and for me, that's like okay, I've got to ease my daughter back into the normal string of things. So she remember what her reality is. Way too oversaturated from the last ten days, the previous ten days. So I tried to do baby steps to get back into it. So there's a little bit of um, challenge there with her kind of getting back into the groove. Um, And then the second one was that we had some outsize issues, um, both we had people coming over uh, during the week, uh, you know, family and whatnot. And then the next big issue was the fact that mommy was home all week because she had a cold. So she was Uh, ill. As we can all hear. (laughs) Yes, and coughing and having issues and she's still struggling with it. So we... Mr. Matt is having to make a lot of edits in this podcast. <laughs> you may hear a lot of cuts. I appreciate you. I, I do. I appreciate myself. I appreciate audacity. <laughs> um, so those were kind of like our... So big, having me home was a big problem. That, that was not the, No, having you home is a blessing. But um, having you home in that capacity was a, was a distraction because, you know, the girls were wanting to see you and it was hard to, you know, keep them away and everything and make sure that you were getting the time you needed to, you know, to get better and whatnot. So... You know, that was a little bit of an issue. And so kind of like those were my tandem problems. And those were like the big overarching problems. And then they manifested, as we talked last week, this idea of distractions being a symptom of a cause. And then the cause could be different, but manifesting similar 
you know, distractions or descript whatever those symptoms might be. And so for me, um, the, you know, those two big problems of coming back from the holidays and then having mommy home this, this week was a big distraction. And so what that manifested was lack of focus. Um, that was really more coming back from the holidays. I, I get a lot of the, all that stuff that I learned the last four years of my life, I, I've forgotten it all. <laughs> that, that is telltale for me. Like whenever I hear that or see that symptom, that is 100%. I'm coming back from a holiday or I've been gone for, you know, a week or, or two weeks at, you know, Nana and Papa's house or whatever. I always get the, I have forgotten all the things. Well, right. And you can tell that like her brain's just not engaged. Yeah. You know, so for that, for us, for this week, that those were the problems. And, you know, we all know that from day to day, week to week, there are different problems, right? So, yeah, they, they change. So my homework was to figure out what those issues were. And that was the, the main problem. So her focus was a lot, was off. Her capacity to do numerous, you know, the amount of work that I, I wanted her to do was a lot less. We Therefore, we did less of our um, ancient civilizations this week. I kind of eased her back into math, eased her back into reading because we were just starting a new curriculum. So that maybe was like a me problem where I'm like, hey, you know what the best thing to do? Right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving is, you know what we should do? We should start all about spelling. <laughs> you know, that was like <laughs> a really bad decision. I should have waited maybe another week before I got her started on a brand new curriculum, which has brand new expectations. Oh, and on top of that, because she's at our parent partnership, my the teacher there had given me some uh, grammar packets that I was preparing for um, to do because she's doing that in her class and I wanted to do stuff, you know, that they were working on so I could help, you know, you know, add to that learning. And I decided, you know, hey, let's start that this week as well. So <laughs> I made a couple of bad decisions that, you know, I created potentially some of the distractions by mismanaging my time and mismanaging what we were going to do. And maybe that caused some issues as well. So those issues can be, you know, you know, trying to be honest, you know, what, you know, analyzing over this week, you know, where were my struggles and what were my sticking points and what, what could have caused those problems. So trying to like analyze that from, you know, from now, I'm, I think those might've been the three things that kind of caused a lot of the distractions that I saw with my homeschool this week. So hopefully you guys spent a little bit of time trying to figure out where your distractions are. So today we're going to talk a lot more about, you know, how to fix these distractions. How can you do that? How can you alleviate the symptoms? How can you, you know, get more optimal learning out of your homeschool with your learner? And these are all just trying to be practical tips, but I mean, really think about them in terms of like, um, I think about them like, like cold, like you got a cold, right? There's a lot of things that you could do, right? You can, Hot tea for your throat. I've had a lot of that this week. Oh, yes. Yeah, so brought to us by our new knot sponsor. What, what is it? Throat coat. Throat oh, my coat. gosh. With, Holy cow. With, with slippery elm bark. Yeah. I'm, that... I'm telling you what, this stuff really works. Well, that's what all, all the people at the theater Yeah, use. they all they always, it really works. Yeah, Anyways. That, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, I digress. Um, but like, okay, so you could have tea. You could have tea with honey. Maybe that helps for some people. You could, some people, Dayquil works really great. Other or people, mucinex. they need Mucinex. Some people swear by Afrin, right? So... Um, you may have to try a lot of things. They may not help entirely. It may be like... You still have to you know, weather the storm, yeah. Right, right. Dayquil <laughs> is not going to make me a superhero. I'm no. not going to go to work with the flu uh, and feel great. Um, yeah. Not that I would go to work with the flu, but you know what I mean. So You come to my work mm. here mm-hmm, yeah. and you invade my house with the flu. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been at a hotel this week. <laughs> so the, the thing is, is, is that these are all just strategies that you can use to try to 
lessen the distraction, exactly. lessen the impact of that. Um, but, you know, your mileage may vary. It's well, going to be different for every family. Especially the things that were maybe like um, own goals or self-inflicted, like my decision to start the new curriculum the, the week after Thanksgiving. You know, if I had a little bit more forethought, maybe next year when I run into a similar scenario, I'm not going to make that mistake. That's kind of like the wisdom that comes with more experience. You know, like if you're working in the corporate world or if you're working in your job, uh, you know, when you first start out, you make a lot of mistakes, right? And you got to recover from those. And that becomes information and knowledge that, you know, okay, the next time I see this type of problem, I know how to respond to it. And that's just wisdom, right? That's, that's applied to all aspects of our lives. I think as us as educators, it's the same problem, right? We, we see our students. I have two students and I, luckily I only have two and I'm going to only have those same two. And so I should really learn how well they work <laughs> in various scenarios. So I should know better that I'm putting myself in a bad situation, or maybe I should prep things a lot better or whatever it might be. Some of those, those mistakes that are our own mistakes are things that we can avoid with a little bit more foresight, a little bit more wisdom as educators, a little bit more wisdom as homeschoolers, that maybe we can optimize the experience and minimize those symptoms that you're talking about by making better choices, making better scenarios, putting ourselves into a successful you know, direction and then, you know, dealing with whatever challenges come along in, in that manner. But I, I, I'm starting to think it's like a little bit more wisdom will help me next time. I'll know better. We hope so. No, no, I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to make exactly the same mistakes. And then I'm going to look at you and go, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to episode 300 and something. Yeah, yeah, 355, please, Mr. Matt. Um, so let's get into it. So we're going to talk a little bit about like, okay, we, we've got some distractions or you know, not just the distractions you're dealing with right now, but also preparing for in the future. So maybe if you run into some distractions, you can quickly analyze where they're coming from. You can make those little micro tweaks and get a little bit better performance. Maybe, you know, what well, do the Kaizen of your homeschool, you know, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, please don't. I know you do don't that. Don't go back to work terms. I mean, those are back to work terms. <clears throat> but making things more efficient um, so that you can manage things in the moment and also prepare better down the line. So the first thing would be, Obviously, the one thing that we all know about is creating that distraction-free, you know, space, and that's so hard because. Well, there is no such thing as a distraction-free space. First of all, it's, I mean, it's it, that's a really hard thing. But this, the whole idea of this category, a is, giant padded room, that's no, soundproof, you know, the whole idea of this category is to set yourself up for success. It doesn't mean there won't be distractions. Obviously, our kids would have been distracted even in a perfect space this week because they were coming back from the holidays and they're yeah. just all amped up, right? Yeah. Um, and mom was home and that was exciting. And, you know, I don't know, there's Christmas presents under the tree in the next room. And they're all excited about that, right? Oh like it's, gosh. you know, I mean, there's just, there's just stuff That's going on. That's another one. I didn't even think about that. We were wheeling out, we were, we were oh, stuffing boxes. Well, that was a boxes. big one. I mean, every morning they went out there and just like tried to poke it. I love the little right? one. She goes to the, the bigger one's uh, gifts, picks up the biggest one, shakes it, turns around and goes, sister, you're getting Legos. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we're like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> what? So anyways, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of distractions at this time. And we have Legos on the table in the other room yeah. as we're building our like holiday set. Uh, our holiday village our, yeah, that we build. Our holiday mantle village. Right. We have it. It's got like polar bears. And I think I, <laughs> I want to get... There's a new penguin. Santa's. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get like the, the Star Wars uh, Christmas cantina there. <laughs> there's a little Christmas thing. Anyway. Um, you know, but yeah, so we, we've got stuff all through the house. Yeah, I right. mean, there's lots going on. We have cookies that are sealed in a, a bag in the kitchen. So even if we, if we tried to be great, they know these other things are in the house. Oh yeah. Right. Also my, ex our expectations right now is like we're between the two mega holidays right now. Yeah. And 
you know, holiday seasons and they kind of mm-hmm. know that like yeah. you know, our street, our house is now decorated. Um, even though it still looks like a disaster, I'm looking out our doors, our office doors. Oh, we don't need to talk about it. I'm seeing shoes. It. How do we have this many shoes in this house? <laughs> um, you know, things How do like, we have this many jackets in this house? I don't understand. Thank you. Thank you. I was, why are there this many? Why are there this many jackets? But they're all for different purposes, our children tell me. Yeah, this, was like, this one's a light rain, and this is my heavy rain jacket. And this is my uh, cold weather and super cold weather jacket. I'm like, right. we live in Seattle, man. This, this is, is my windbreaker. Our, our season's only like spread <laughs> 30 degrees. Like, what are we doing here? Anyway, so like we're, we're filled with distractions in this house. And there's, we are. The expectation for us right now should be, maybe we should be changing a little bit about like, how much how effective i think we're going to be in the next few weeks yeah and that's the thing i kind of write off the entire month of december let's just face it it's kind of gone whatever we get done is fabulous you know and if we don't get it it's fine right because yeah, december is not the december is not your peak month it's not my peak <laughs> month for seco it's not my peak month for learning it's you know it's not my peak month for exercise anyways but but, but, people, can, but people can you know maybe knowing that mm-hmm. and knowing maybe we can create you know uh, environments that are more even better um, at being distraction free, or right. you know, ex- you know, accentuating the quiet time because we are running mm-hmm. between these, you know, not even a ten. This is a spinal tap, eleven days all oh the way, gosh, and, yeah. and, and we really need to balance it with like a two and a three day, like just a day. Today was a, gosh, today might have been an, an eleven or oh, twelve day. Yeah, we went to the theater and yeah, we, we had, had all kinds of stuff going on. And it was like, like I think we were going from like. 7 30 all the way until 5 30 5 30 yeah we would like nonstop. scarfed down pizza standing up around the kitchen island yeah it was yeah. it was a day yeah a good day but so anyway this category is about trying to set yourself up for success as much as you can right all mm. these other things are coming into our lives but let's not have our learning space add to it right we don't need to make it worse yeah. so the first one is all about choosing the right location And this is about having a dedicated area for homeschool. So it's a specific area in our house that's exclusively for learning. Not everyone has the ability to do this. There's a lot of us who are going to use our dining room tables. And that's what we do. We do our dining room table as well. Um, One of the things you can do if you you need to do that is try to minimize the distractions in that space. Um, One of the things we're going to be looking to do is putting some cabinets in one side of our dining room because... We, even though we do have another room, I always had this dream we'd use our bonus room for homeschool and that would be great. But you know what? We just never get upstairs. We just don't do it. And we always homeschool downstairs. That's where it's going to be. We have to embrace it. I'm an old man that played a lot of sports. I got bad knees. No, that's not it. We just, it's just, I don't know. You're making lunches and things are happening. You just, the kitchen in, in that area is where that in kitchen the house, table is, it's just perfect. It's just where we do it. Yeah. So, and our dining room is right next door to it. So it's like, great. You know, we're, I think we're going to move the homeschool kind of into the dining room. Um, and we're looking at getting some cabinets for one side of the wall so that we can put the things that are distracting away. Yeah. Recognizing that we are going to use a family space for this. Well, let's try to minimize all the stuff that's out. Yeah. Because right now in the space we do use around our kitchen table, we've got like bins of books over here and we've got art stuff over there. and We've got stuff yeah. kind of everywhere. It's a really distracting space right now. I feel distracted sitting in it, well, and this not is, trying to learn. This is a great point because we're, you know, four years into homeschooling and we have almost every year tried to tweak our homeschool space and make it better, mm-hmm. you know, improve it, do the Kaizen of our, our, yeah, our homeschool. Got like the crates we, and we, then... we put in some, you know, yeah, the crates. And we, then... Now we have a little art buckets with or little, um, you know, cups well, with uh, art supplies so the moved, kids can do that easily. We moved books from upstairs to downstairs, oh, from the office to so the other, times. to the mantle area. And like, we have really tried to, to make this. And now we're talking about, 
okay, I think we need to now move it into that room and make, so we're constantly analyzing our homeschool space to make it more efficient, make it more conducive to education. Um, how can we manage the space, especially since we know that we have a, you know, our, our four-year-old is starting to come mm -hmm. along now. And, you know, what does that mean for, you know, what we're doing in our house and, and how we organize things and where, where things are put. And because now it's all of a sudden it's, it's starting to scale up. Now I have two math curriculums. Now I have two reading curriculums. Now yeah. I have way more books and we're going to have so do, much stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And so we're, we're constantly analyzing this. And I think this is, this is, so this is a big one for us. So yeah. How can we minimize, how can we make a dedicated space and make that, if we can't dedicate the space solely for homeschooling, how do we make the space kind of a quiet type space yeah. where there isn't a bunch of clutter and that kind of stuff. And we're going to, we're going to look to see if we can't get some cabinets or something so that mm -hmm. we can try to, you know, manage that clutter so that the space is better. So think about, take a look at the environment in which you homeschool right now and think about, you know, how can you make that less distracting in general, you know, and can you make a quiet corner, which is another idea, you know, to selecting a location that's like away from high traffic areas, mm -hmm. that there won't be interruptions so that if you do have to homeschool in the kitchen and it's going to be messy, crazy all the time and that's just the way it is, okay, is there someplace else in your house that can be a quiet space where you could send a child to work on math pages yeah. or do some reading or something that would be free of those distractions? And see if maybe you can carve out a little corner, put a beanbag chair, you know, give them something that mm -hmm. someplace that we can... You know, we, we have a friend has a closet under their stairs and they actually well, they go full Harry Potter. Do they lock them in there? No, no. They, they, it was really cute. Actually, they put <laughs> Christmas lights up inside there um, that are on a little battery switch. And there's a beanbag chair in there and all her books are in there and she, they're, awesome. they're homeschoolers and they can open the little door and she can go in there. It's just like her private, quiet space awesome. and, and she loves it. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything grand. It can be something small. Um, but if you can't declutter your homeschool place, space completely yeah. or dedicate it, is there another area of your house that you can dedicate? Yep. No, I agree. That, that's a good one. Next one would be organization. And that kind of like blends in what you were talking about, you know, moving our homeschool to another area, becoming more organized where everything is in one space. We're kind of spread out between kind of our living room, kitchen, mm -hmm. kind of our, you know, above the, the fridge and a little bit over here and then, and then the crate area. So it's like kind of spread out and we want to kind of bring it all in the one place. Well, right. And if you think about like, you know, so this is both physical organization yeah. and digital organization. Um, and if you think about like, well, why is that distracting if your stuff isn't organized? Well, partially it's distracting because if it's not organized, it might be kind of messy and that's kind of distracting visually. But also it's going to be like, oh, let me get that book. And then you're running around looking for it yeah. and you have then lost your homeschooler's attention, right? Yeah. Like our, our daughter, especially, she gets in this mode. She's like, okay, good. If I can go up and pick up the right book and we can keep going, she's in. If I have to spend five minutes looking for that book, I may lose her. Yeah. And that's a really distracting thing. So thinking about the organization, if you can't organize everything, I mean, I, I get it. I'm not saying we should yeah. Marie Kondo our lives. I, I, I wish, um, but I could never get rid of that many books. Uh, it pains me every time <laughs> she throws away a book. Um, but, you know, maybe just think about organizing the things that you're working on and that you're going to be working with every day so that you, 
you know, you're ready to grab the next thing. Or, you know, especially if you have learners who are independent and they need to find something. That's, that's a, I mean, what if you've got a 13 year old or something and it's like, they've got to find their books and stuff, help them with their organization yeah. so that it's easy, whether or, you or use they own crates the, or a or, shelf or, or they whatever. own the organization. So they get a little bit more of independence, sure. but it's located in one space. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's a, I think trying to be more organized is a key. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that acutely where, you know, I'm trying to get the math stuff together. I got to go get the sheet. I got to get the, the abacus. I got to do all this stuff. I got to make something. My daughter will look at me and go, Daddy, can I go do something else? Right. Like, You've already lost her. I've already lost her. It's like, it's I'm, very quick. I just needed five minutes to get stuff together. The other thing that I always I talk about, I think I've talked about it before, is this idea of losing time, how much wasted time you mm-hmm. as an educator pulling your resources together in the moment. Are you wasting time that could be done for homeschooling and finish early? And then be able to do other stuff. And I talk a lot about, I think, uh, my nightly routine where I get everything ready. Mm-hmm. I really felt this the other day when I didn't do the nightly routine. And I came down the other day and it was like chaos. The kids were feeding themselves. I mean, it was wild. I mm-hmm. felt like I was in that opening scene in Home Alone with all the kids all over the place. And it was kind of pandelirium. And I think I, I felt like I lost control that day like right out the back. And I was like, oh, I should have done all my prep work because it would have made this morning feel a lot better. And just doing that organization, both you said mental and physical organization, um, I think is really, really key. And I I hate it when it doesn't happen. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The next one is uh, thinking about your lighting in your space. This is like, this is unsung, uh, you know, uh, advice here. Like I can't tell you how many times you just have bad lighting or like Mm -hmm. you have the wrong color LED light bulb. Right. And it just feels off. Right. So it just causes issues. Natural light is really important. If you can position your learning space near a window so you can get that natural light, that's natural light has been shown to enhance focus and enhance Mm -hmm. mood. So as much as we can try to, you know, we like to put our blinds down and then I'm always like going through the house in the morning, opening all the blinds, that natural light really does help give our children energy. So if you can get natural light, that's great. And consider uh, adjustable lighting so that you can change, you know, for different learning activities, different preferences of kids. Mm -hmm. Think about you know, can the light in your homeschool space, can you put it on a dimmer so that, you know, you can be really bright for some things, other things may, you know, I mean, you can like enhance the brightness to go ahead and, Hey, snap everybody into focus. Hey, work on math. Let's okay. Wake wake up. Focus the lighting on the thing you're doing. Right. Or bring in focus lighting. Um, or maybe you want to do uh, reading and you want them to do some art. Maybe you want to take the light down a little bit in general and then just have focus light for them or Think about lighting. Yeah. Think about lighting. Play with lighting. We don't pay enough attention to how lighting makes us feel. It well, makes the, our kids feel. I don't well, think. there's certain parts of the house that have insufficient lighting for homeschooling. And th- those areas are just ruled out instantly because it's not enough for me to sit down there and read. Mm-hmm. It's too dark. Um, I need to flip on too many lights in order to turn it on. It gets kind of awkward. Yeah. It's, it's super bright. It's then. too bright. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, there's just not enough light. It's just, and it, it pushes us into just one or two areas where we can do our homeschooling because of the lighting situation. It's, it's very true. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, really think about lighting. Um, next thing is your butt. Um, how comfortable <laughs> is your butt? Let's talk about butt comfort. Um, <laughs> you know, we as homeschool parents, we we sit next to each other and the kids sit next to us and we're on our butts a lot. Um, whether we're on the couch or we're on the floor or at the kitchen table chairs, um, the talk of moving to our dining room as and we have this really wonderful old reclaimed wood type of um, uh, uh, table and mm-hmm. the chairs are really kind of 
have in that same same style, not as comfortable to sit on for two or three hours. Right, because they're all wood chairs and there's like, no padding. And on again, them. our dining room chairs are a lot more padded, and we just kind of gravitate to those because they're more right. comfortable. Right. So seating and you know how comfortable you are right. um, can really affect. We also have the tall chairs um, in the dining room, so I, I'm kind in of, the kitchen in the kitchen, and so I'm kind of wondering. Um, they're kind of mat sized chairs, <laughs> the rest of my family suffers. Um, but the chairs in the living in the dining room are a lot, sh- lot lower. Um, is that more, you know, conducive to the kid getting up and running away and going to do something, it, putting them up on the pedestal and they're stuck. It's almost like they're in an aviary and they well, can't move. <laughs> also, you know, the, maybe the dining room table is actually shorter so yeah. they could stand yeah. and do some of the work where they the work. can't do it at the kitchen table. Exactly. So yeah, like we're looking at Those investing, considerations, yeah. yeah, we're looking at investing in some cushions for the seats so yeah. that we can sit longer and, and do that. Um, so that's, that's part of it. Make sure that your space is comfortable yeah. and also make sure that if you're, you know, if you can, if it's not your dining room table, maybe yeah. your kids can give, have a, you know, give a personal touch to it. So maybe for us, we might have seat cushions that our kids got to decorate and they can bring them out for just for homeschool. And yeah. otherwise they, they're in the cabinet or something. There's some way that they can personalize it and make sure that it's comfortable. If you're uncomfortable, that is immediately a distracting element. So oh, yeah. make sure that wherever you're doing it, it's comfortable for everybody to see and, you know, all of that. Absolutely. Um, minimizing distract- distractions is another one. And there's yeah, two within types. the environment, within the environment, you know, go around two things, obviously noise and visual. Those mm-hmm. are tend to be the biggest distractions we have noise being like kind of noise canceling headphones. I have seen this yeah, if you can. at our parent partnership where there will be these students, they'll be doing their math homework and they've got the over the ear headphones on. And I know right away they're not listening to music. They're not, they're probably not doing anything. Maybe some white noise or we'll talk about that a little bit from here. But I think they're noise-canceling headphones. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to be homeschooling out like we do sometimes at like a parent partnership or a yeah. co-op, or you've got a toddler or oh, something yeah. else going on, uh, noise-canceling headphones is a great investment. Yeah, it's coming up to the holidays, so yeah. <laughs> right. This is this is a great time to get those um, because that can really help your your child to focus. Otherwise, think about other things in the environment. Like we had a we had a clock upstairs when we were homeschooling upstairs mm-hmm. for a while, and it ticked. It did. And it was like. It, it, it was yeah, annoying, you it know, was super annoying. And so um, maybe you want to homeschool someplace where you've got a door so you can close it out for many other noise going on in the rest of the house or mm-hmm. at least give your student a quiet space with a door so that they could go there and, and do their work. So think about think about noises. Sometimes, you know, we, we if you homeschool in the kitchen, like a lot of times I, I know you hate it, but I love to set the dishwasher on a timer delay yeah. so that it doesn't actually start and run while we're in the kitchen because it's really loud and kind of distracting. So think about things like that where maybe it's not coming up on your radar, but it would for your student. Mm -hmm. So that's for noises. And then for visual, you know, trying to choose a location to minimize visual distractions. You know, maybe you've got it near a window, which is great, except that there's all kinds of stuff going on outside and it's distracting. There's a time in the morning where the sun is coming right through the window and you've got to close the blinds and that kind of makes some weird lighting situation and it maybe darkens it or it's kind of distracting. There's reflections. Those type of things can really stimulate the eyes for the kids and really just draw them away. Right. And like, how would you know that when you choose your location and all that? And that's where I think the distraction log kind of it will help clue you in, yeah. right? Your distraction log this week would have said like, you know, coming back from holidays, mom home on days she shouldn't have been home, yeah. right? Um, 
coming those in, were, coming in and out of the kitchen looking like death <laughs> didn't, hacking that, thanks very much <laughs> um so you know there's that would be on your log well maybe yours is like gosh every morning at like 9 30 my kid is just can't and it's like oh it's because this light is driving him nuts and maybe that means that you change the seat that your child sits in yeah. so that it's not as distracting but thinking about visual distractions this is where clutter really gets into it oh, and yeah. our we suffer from this like major we have a bad clutter problem around our homeschool area I'm sure it's visually distracting to our daughter. And I'm sure the fact that there's, you know, stockings hanging at the fireplace is visually distracting to her. Yeah. For instance. So think about both noise and visual distractions in your environment when you look for your homeschool space. Um, Next one would be setting clear boundaries. So this is, uh, you know, establishing rules, family cooperation. You're trying to communicate the rules and expectations in your learning space. So if you have maybe an older learner, you know, and you're working with an eight-year-old and then you have a four-year-old and you've you've got the four-year-old entertained. I don't need the teenager come trouncing through the kitchen like they're King Kong mm-hmm, or right. whatnot and knocking and opening fridges and everything and, you know, talking or listening to music right. or whatnot. Having those type of expectations within your family to say, hey, right now I'm working with brother and, you know, you need to go be in your room. This is your time to do your independent work or do your reading or what whatnot. Like I'm, I'm, starting to think about these things with respect to my two kids right and if you have a lot of children maybe you put up a like a sign that says quiet zone quiet like this is a quiet time like like if you're going coming into a recording booth or tv or tv you know on air sign is happening this homeschooling is occurring here please be respectful right exactly if you really can clearly define with your kids what's going on and when and what what you you expect out of their behavior yeah i think that will really help um, just so that they they know, and yeah, a, a sign so that your teenager can see. Hey, if you see the homeschooling sign up on the back of the chair or whatever, don't come into the kitchen. Yep. Like we're busy, or whatever. And, and moving from that, like re- really good idea is that utilizing tools to help you focus. And one of those could be timers. Like you could take your current student who's working on some independent work and say, okay, you have forty five minutes. You have Google set a timer, or you set a timer on a phone or a tablet or something like that. And they go ahead and go do that. We do this with our oldest when I say, go do your Irish step dance, go do your, you know, your reading work, go Mm -hmm. do your basketball work. She will take the tablet and set a 10, 15 minute timer. Go practice your violin for 10, 15 minutes. She'll set the timer and she'll do her work. And these visual timers help her frame in the work that she needs to do. And that will give me time to work with a four-year-old on say, you know, our Evan Moore preschool math book or our, Mm -hmm. you know, all about reading, starting reading series, right? It's, I can then have time and she knows that it's time bound and I know, okay, she's got three of these things to do. She's got 45 minutes. She'll be able to do that. And I have enough time here to work with my youngest um, on doing that. Right. Those timers have been wonderful. Really, really helpful. The other thing you can do is get focus items, you know, fidget spinners or or I don't don't like the poppers as much. Um, if you have another student, because they're kind of ma- they make a noise, yeah. it's nice to have something that doesn't make a I noise. Saw, I saw a popper at from our friends. They brought it to parent partnership. It was a popper multiplication table mm. thing, and I'm like, ooh, I think I need to get that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know, think about things that they can hold in their hands. Our kids love these little like the, the squishies. squishies. Yeah, we call them the squishes. I don't know. They're they're just like they're these little different Gra- Gra- shapes. Grandma got it like two years ago for a holiday, and they our kids went crazy for them. And then this Halloween, yeah. she got like another fifty or a hundred of them. I don't know what the thing. They're just like little. I'll see if I can find them on Amazon. I'll yeah. You, okay. So you, you'll link something similar. But like our kids could hold that in their hand and use that as a fidgety thing all day long. All day long. 
and it's totally quiet. It makes no noise. <laughs> and it, and the fidget spinners, you know, those spin, and that would distract a different another child. So, yeah. I mean, really be careful with the fidget stuff because some of it is a distraction oh, in yeah. and of itself. Without a doubt. Um, next one would be like a personalized learning resources. So this is like kind of customized learning material. So we all know that everybody starts out with a plan on curriculum, and then we all go eclectic, right? We all, <laughs> we all start us, yeah. building our own stuff. I mean... From all the interviews that we've done, almost everybody yeah, falls into this, just in this stays. eclectic thing because they know that their students require We're certain We're all trying things. to tailor their education exactly. to our kids and so what they So it becomes very and eclectic. And if you have these printed resources, you know, teachers pay teachers type of thing. And that's what we're doing with our uh, parent partnership teacher who is doing her reading class. And I'm do- I was like, these look really like a teachers pay teachers thing. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I buy teachers, pay teacher stuff for, and she runs the Montessori program there. And she goes, I use these all the time. And she goes, I got the um, the grammar ones here, and and this is what you know we're giving to your daughter. And I said, wow, okay, this is kind of cool. So it's, I have now these tailored resources that are just for her. They're worksheets that she can go off and do on herself that I can have her you know, spend 10, 15 minutes working on. It's kind of a cool thing that I can give her. Right. To- if you can tailor the resources to your kid or yeah. the things in your learning space to the mm-hmm. posters and things that, oh, yeah. you know, things that you can that you can bring in that really speak to your children's interests are going to help them immediately be more focused because yeah. they're really going to be engaged and more intrinsically motivated about it. So, I mean, I, I think that kind of goes without saying, but I didn't really think so much about the things on the walls and stuff mm-hmm. in the space as being like things that they were really interested in. Um, as being a way to help them focus. So I thought that that was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, you know, going right along with that is getting some different type of learning resources. I think varying the medium of the education. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes... Not I, just I'm, paper, pencil. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of legal pads and just crushing through examples. And, and it goes back to my old physics days in college where, you know, my professors would just like just work the whiteboard and you're just sitting there just taking notes as fast as possible. So I'm so used to like writing on a legal pad and whatnot. So I love to do that, but I don't think that's like the best way for my daughter. Right. So maybe doing some legal pad work and, you know, paper, pencil, and then doing some grease board, maybe doing, you know, some paperwork and Something cutting. on the iPad, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, like, and varying the resources can get rid of those distractions. Well, keeping right. it fresh. Yeah, that's what it is. It's keeping it fresh because when things get stale, then they start kind of looking around. So if you can have various different ways to display the same information, maybe, you know, they're getting more distracted by, you know, XYZ on one day. It's like, oh, this is a good whiteboard day. Let's do whiteboard because they're going to have a lot of fun with this. You know, having some different things in your tool belt. Absolutely. Next one would be like kind of regular maintenance and updates. This is kind of the auditing of your homeschool space. You know, what are the things that, you know, are, can you adapt things to your changing needs? Right. You're going to set it up, but then they're going to grow and things are going to change. Or maybe it'll change throughout the year. There's going to be some seasonal adjustments that might be required. Right. Oh yeah. Maybe in the summer we just, we just can't homeschool here. It gets too hot. There's too much sun coming in through the window. That's just not going to work. Or the house gets really warm. Like maybe you homeschool in Arizona or Texas or something and it gets very hot in the summer and you know, your house. It's like can, you got to homeschool in the basement then because it's gotta just too You got to go in the basement hot. or maybe you got to go outside in the shade, maybe get some airflow. Who who knows? What, whatever works best right. for you. You may have to do some seasonal exactly. adjustments. Exactly. Setting up your space isn't something that you just do once and set it and forget it. It's yeah. something, like like you said, we're constantly tweaking. Or, we're constantly moving stuff yeah. around and, and yeah. you will. You're going to need to regularly assess it. Like our friends up in Alaska, you know, are you going to be outside during the winter? Probably. A lot of people probably, probably are not. not. <laughs> so that maybe you... You'll be a lot of indoor work in the in that season, and then in the summer when it's just you know twenty four hours of sunshine, 
you're outside a lot and you're doing a lot of homeschool outside, right? Because you need to work with the seasons because that's what you need. Right. Yep. There's yeah. going to be there's going to be changes. The other one is that you want to make sure that um, you have flexibility for movement, right? Yes. So flexible seating. So different seating options. This is just what we were talking about. Like, oh, there's a, a chair or a stability ball, or you could stand up and you could do it. You could do it standing. I mean, if we do it in our dining room, they can stand up and they can write on the whiteboard or paper standing. And that could be something that works out well, or there's room in that space for physical breaks, you know, and planning physical breaks in, into your homeschooling day and into your plan is really important Yeah, because it, it helps them to kind of re refocus they get their they get all the distractions out they get their brain moving around and then they can come back and refocus yeah one of the things that i have begun to put into the homeschool is because we're getting into basketball season and then also we have she's in dance class Mm -hmm. and so i'm using those 10 15 minute times where she needs to practice every day if i'm switching between a lesson or whatnot i'll say hey go and you know do your irish step dance for 15 minutes while daddy gets ready for the next lesson. So I'm kind of like doubling up on here's your movement activity, but you're also doing your, the thing you need to do later. And then we'll come back, do a little bit more. Like these are, this tends to happen on like my Tuesday, Thursdays where I'm, I'm home with her alone. And I'm like, Hey, um, we just finished math reading. I'm getting set up for ancient civilization. Um, I need you to go outside and do your basketball for 10, 15 minutes. I want dribbling down the street while running and I need you to practice your layups. Uh, because daddy needs a scorer and you're, <laughs> you're going to be my girl. Um, and so I, I need you to go do that. And that gets her physical break. She gets out of the house. She goes and you know does her stuff. And I get a little bit of time to prep for the work. So kind of using in, you know, using things as double, you know, using them as, as, as doubles, uh, doubling things up on like, you know, physical activity, but also getting that thing I need to achieve. Absolutely. Physical breaks are something that yeah. I don't think that we plan enough of. We no. just kind of want to get in like, okay, because our it's, our it's stamina, let's knock it out. Well, yeah, yeah and our stamina is different than our kids. So I think oh, we yeah. get in and we go like, okay, let's get going. Okay, we finished two things. Okay, let's keep going. But not realizing like that they're already kind of done. Yeah. They need to release that excess energy, and then they can come back and focus. Absolutely. Um. Now going from you know organizing your homeschool space, let's talk a little bit about technology. We know it's ubiquitous in our homeschool. A lot of us use it all the time. We know we have Minecraft people, and technology can be very distracting, which it is why we so wanted to do a whole. A whole section on like kind of how to uh, some practical tips about it because while it's uh, an amazing tool that we use a ton of it can also be really hard to get our kids focused focused and and we've noticed this we don't do as much video gaming so we can't really speak to that one as much although we went to a game card store yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, to get a gift for a friend and um they had a super they had a regular nintendo mario was up i walked right up to it I put my arms around my daughter. I said, watch this. And I was playing Mario for like 10 minutes while mommy did her shopping. And I was doing all the warps and all the cheats. I got all the way to like level five in like 10 minutes. And my daughter's like, what is this? And why do you know all these secret things? Yeah. Like, our kids are just a little bit too young for yeah. video games yet. So but at, at some point, and it's not that far in the future, we will introduce it into our house. And yeah. then all bets will be yeah, off. Yeah, then we got to hold on to the reins after that. It's going to be a thing. So, but, but for right now, for us, the biggest technology thing for us that we have to be careful of is TV. And one of the things we need to do is and set, tablets and tablets and setting the rules and expectations. I think that's the biggest thing with 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 technology. It is all about setting those expectations. You know, what, when can you do things? When can you not do things? Especially during the time we're supposed to be homeschooling, oh, right? Yeah. So for our kids, know if they haven't finished their work, they can't even ask us about tablets. Yeah, right. They always need to ask, but they can't even 
discuss it with us if their homeschool stuff's not done. Yeah. So it just gets a laugh from the parents. <laughs> These kids. Um, I mean, and they want to use educational apps. It's not like they want to just do oh, anything, yeah, yeah. but but we, we know what happens. Right. The moment that they turn on those tablets, we won't get any other work out of them afterwards. And, yeah. and we just know this about our own children. And yours may be totally different. Totally different, yes. Um, but for us, we know that that technology just kind of, then they're they're done for kind of, you know, regular book work. Also morning point. cartoons. Um, we don't allow that during the week, the work week, uh, when we're doing homeschool during the week. Mm-hmm. We let it we let it happen on Saturdays because mommy and daddy need to sleep in. Yeah, we uh, let it happen on the weekends. But when it comes yeah. to during the work, you know, the work days, Monday through Friday, we don't allow that because the kids are just fried after watching, you know, maybe a half hour, 40 minutes of whatever thing on it's Netflix. It's amazing. Yeah. They watch just like one or two cartoons Incredible. and then you try to get them to sit at the table and they're just like, no, yeah. they're fried. They're fried. So, Which is, I, I don't even understand because I know I watched a ton of TV as a kid. Well, both of us, we would watch morning cartoons and we'd still go to school and we were fine. Yeah. But for our kids, they're really sensitive to it. Ariel, maybe we weren't. Maybe know. we were broken and our parents broke us. I, I have no idea. Maybe we could have done a lot better in life. Ha! <laughs> So really um, making rules, if you've got older kids, maybe you need like a, you've got teens, maybe you need a technology contract, make sure that the expectations are clear um, and maybe even putting those, you know, tablets or things away so that they're not sitting out. Like we have ours on a charging station and sometimes I think them just sitting there is actually a distraction. If they were put away in a drawer and they had to come ask us to get them, that might be actually better for us They're, they have these uh technology lock box lock boxes that people do where they'll like put their phone into it at say eight o'clock at night and it's locked until seven in the morning unless there's an emergency or something like that you can always get into it but they, it's actually physically put away right so it can help you be more distraction free yeah we even i have a drawer in my office that actually has a, a, a hole through the back of it there's a plug in there and i can actually charge my laptop and uh, you know I, I pull the drawer out a little bit so that it can vent but it's a nice way, you know, maybe you charge things in a drawer, maybe you, you know, have a charging station that's in a cabinet or something. I mean, or just put them away after they're charged. Think about, think about setting the rules and whether they're distracting just by being out and about. Um, And if you have a teen, maybe, you know, really explicitly have some sort of a written contract or something that really makes it clear if you find that technology in your house is a problem. Yeah, it's being abused or misused or whatnot. Exactly. Um, designating tech-free zones. Like, that's a cool one. That's a cool one. Like, it's a cool idea. No, you know, no tablets or no phones or whatever at the kitchen table or no devices while we are eating together. And Right. If and, you have a, that quiet study corner, oh, maybe exactly. that is a tech-free zone. Tech-free zone. You're not allowed to bring any tech in there. There's not even a TV in that area. Um, I know we have the TV up in the bonus room. We have the TV here in the living room. Um, but we don't have a lot of TVs in our house. And we don't do a lot of TV in general. Like we don't have cable. We don't do anything. It's all streaming for us in YouTube. Um, but we just don't do a lot of TV. I know that's that's sort of my influence, less less so yours. Yeah, yeah. My family was a big TV fan. Yeah, we, so. we just never did a lot of TV. And so like whenever I see the TV on, I kind of like just instinctively turn away, <laughs> like want to go in the other room. Yeah, your family was more like a movie family. My we family, family was family. more like a TV every night family. Yeah, you guys were like sitcom television stuff. We were yeah. more movies. You're right. It was We were more of a movie family. Right. It was an occasion. So think about whether or not there are some areas in your house that you want to designate as tech-free. Um, and you can even use physical dividers or other cues to designate tech-free zones yeah. too. Uh, I mean, some people have, you know, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do. They can but, have like a tented area, like or even like a, a a covered swing or something that might be in the room. You cannot pull bring any devices. That's a reading area, or that's a right. That's a homeschool area or a sitting area. Just 
it's devoid of tech. Yeah. And this all, this is all, you know, your mileage may vary based on what, how tech is used in your house and yep. whether or not that's a distraction or that's a great learning aid. Um, you know, maybe mom and dad control all the tech. You know, think about it for yourself. But that was an idea that I ran across that I thought was really cool. I think using parental controls is another good one. Yeah, um, it's really good. On the devices, you can have screen time limiters, like how much time the screen can actually be on. I know a lot of um, iPhone devices and iPads allow that. I think the Android devices allow you to control the sc- how, how long the screen can be on. And then you have to then you use a special code to turn it back on. So you can bookend a lot of activities there. Um, another one that I've, I've liked that I've kind of tinkered with is Grayscale. So turning your phone or the tablet to grayscale makes it less interesting to look at because it's no colors. It's just all black, white, and gray. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's something that some of the people who have kind of phone addictions who are trying to kick it will you know, lock the phone, turn the phone to grayscale. You know what was funny? When we went to the play, side note, Ariel and I went to see White Christmas at the in Seattle the other yeah, day. Yeah, it was wonderful. Wonderful pro- production. Um the woman diagonal in front of us, I didn't, I didn't point it out then, but her phone was turned to grayscale. Oh, interesting. And she was on her phone and she was look, looking around, but it was all grayscale. So she's. I wonder if that was easier on her eyes. No, something. a lot of people are using it because it's not as interesting. So your eyes are not drawn to it. Like the colors can really, really mess you up. So if you're doing some learning apps, if it's like just some simple learning apps, not like the Khan Academy apps, but if you just have like a, you know, a math app or something that you have to do, turning that that to grayscale can like make it less interesting oh, cool. and they can then focus on their work. So consider that as well. Those are kind of parental controls. Right. You can have. And locking down the, you know, the, maybe you have different devices that only have certain apps on them and things so that yeah. if you, you know, if you give them that, they're not going to be able to go off and, you know, do something else that's more fun that they can focus yep. and get their work done. So think about the way to use parental controls and then regularly updating and customizing those as you get new apps or your child's age and, and needs change. Just really keeping control of that because there's a lot of stuff that you can get on there really quickly and then that just becomes a big distraction. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I like is uh, scheduled tech breaks. One of the things that I hate, and, and, and I'm guilty of it, you're guilty of it, is you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is reach for that phone. And I really, really try not to do that sometimes. But, you know, emulating that with our kids, maybe say, when I'm doing homeschool, my phone is put away. Therefore, the iPads are put away, the all the tech is put away, the TVs are put away, the Google right. is turned off. Well, and you know. I think that goes to modeling. Yeah. I think that really goes to modeling. And that, and that is one of the notes is, is really modeling good behavior with your own technology. That It's very easy for to have a say, okay, well, you know, honey, work on this math page and ask me if you have any questions. And, then and you sit Facebook. there and you're on your phone. It's so easy. And it's, we've both done it. I do it all the time. And a lot of times you're even reading a, a book on your phone. Yeah. But it would if you had a physical book open and you were reading it, it'd be different. It'd be totally different. But when they see you on your phone, they are distracted because they think that you're not engaged. Well, they can see the screen as well. I mean, it's yeah, they can see the screen. But even if you're just reading a book, I know a lot of times you're just on the Kindle app, just reading a book yeah. on your phone. Um, that's still we need to model good behavior with our technology and and try to you know stay off of it while we're getting our kids to focus on homeschooling. Yep. Um, prioritizing educational apps. And this is something that we do. We don't kind of give free gameplay or whatnot. We tend to have a lot of educational apps that we're not afraid of letting them play a lot with. So mm-hmm. Khan Academy Kids is a great example. The um, the IXL is not really kind of a, a fun app, but the uh, PBS Kids app that we like as right. well. Although some of those are more game-like and they less are. educational. But there so. are a lot of them are problem-solving 
And they are, it's they're, true. They're, they're, you know, while, like, for example, our four-year-old was playing some, like, 2D scroller, and I'm like, what? Where did you get this? It was one of the, I, it was one of the games. and PBS Kids. The PBS Kids. But then I watched her play it for a few minutes, and essentially she was solving a puzzle. And I didn't realize it. Just the first look was, oh, it's a 2D scroller, you know, like Contra or, you know, Mario or something like that. And it wasn't really that. It was actually she was moving food from one area to the other and she was, you know, moving the character and she was trying to solve the puzzle and moving barriers and whatnot. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can kind of see, you know, what's going on here. And this is kind of educational. So, you know, we, we like to focus mainly on educational apps. We use that kind of the water game, like where's my water, which is the crocodile. You try to get the water to the crocodile so you can take a bath. That is a puzzle game through and through. Like it's just really, really good puzzle game. And I like them playing that because they're, they're really engaging their brains and they're trying to work through problems. So if you can prioritize educational apps over just, just straight games, you can get a lot of good mileage out of that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and really teaching digital literacy to your kids between, you know, what's educational and what's non-educational and giving them the skills to use that technology wisely is, I mean, this goes a little bit beyond distractions. We're just kind of talking more generally about technology, but it's really good to, you know, make sure like sometimes our daughters will be listening to, um, something on like, like uh, music or whatever through Mm -hmm. YouTube and then they quickly get off of where we had them. Yes. You know, and so it was important for us to like teach you, our daughters. Yes, you can listen to the 80s music and then all of a sudden you walk out of the room to go fold laundry for five minutes. And you come back down and they're watching Nightmare Before Christmas videos on YouTube. And I'm like, how did you get there on our Google Hub in the kitchen? Right. Well, our Google Hub was actually a problem in the kitchen. It was. Because it's sitting there and it, it goes through family pictures. Yes. And, and that's distracting to them. It really so is. So we had to worry about that too. So, you know, thinking about technology... You can also use time management apps, which are, can be really great. There's like Pomodoro timers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. different things. Um, we talked a little bit about visual timers before, but there's various different types of focus apps. Um, you know, there's ones that can incorporate Kanban, like we like we talked about. I had a great episode on Kanban a few ago. Um, there's like Strides, so you can check things off. So but there's, also, there's a variety of different apps. There's also apps that limit, you know, some of them are built in, like you can limit how much YouTube can be played or how much, you know, website stuff can be done. Right. You can also turn on certain apps that not allow you to use the web or not allow you to use right. like Facebook and whatnot. And sometimes it's like them. sets a certain time limit, like, yeah. oh, you can't use this until X, like six, till 6 p.m. at night. You can't even open these certain apps and then when you do you only get a half an hour you can do a lot of really cool things with that and that goes again into the parental controls as well and of course you're going to want to regularly assess screen time and how that affects your kids this is one that's going to be not just screen time but what kind of stuff they're doing on their screens and their age and this is going to change constantly so we we continue to reassess because it has definitely changed for our kids we had times before where they could watch cartoons in the morning. Like this new, the cartoon moratorium in the morning is a kind of recent thing because it used to be okay. And now it's starting to affect them. So this is something you have to regularly reassess and, and figure out if, if the screens are becoming um, a distraction. Mm-hmm. So that's talking a lot about technology and a lot of the issues that you can do around that because we know there's a lot of distractions there. Moving on to external distractions, how can we... Uh, you know, how can we set ourselves up for those type of issues that we talked a lot about it, a little bit about this week with your illness and some family coming in uh, on a certain days that created a lot of external distractions. First thing you could do is establish those quiet hours. 
Um, for us, a lot of times the quiet hours are in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, for your learner, maybe in the morning, maybe they need to have a little bit of quiet time before they get started. You'll help gauge this by what you know your learner is you know works best with. Right. Um, but for us, our afternoon quiet times are kind of that two o'clock to four o'clock range. A lot of time that is when schooling is over at the parent partnership. Um, I've done all the homeschooling for the day. You're still not coming home for work for another hour, a couple hours. This is the best time for them to be quiet. And it's really important that you communicate with uh, yeah. other family members, if grandma and grandpa live with you, or you know things like that, that everybody knows and respects these quiet hours that your kids have to study. So quiet hours are great. We talked about noise-canceling headphones. That's really powerful. Which would be really great. Um, we talked about quiet learning spaces. And um, the other one is really background noises. We we talked a little bit about choosing your space wisely, uh, but you can also think about using physical barriers or soundproofing. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. the best room to homeschool in, for example, your dining room's got hardwood floors or something, and that's mm-hmm. really noisy. So, you know, you may find that you get better luck homeschooling on a couch where there's carpet and, and things. So yeah, the dog keep pace, keeps pacing in the kitchen as tip, 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 tip all the way through the kitchen. It can create a lot of distractions. Oh, right. Yeah. There are times when we will literally like put the dog in our bedroom to take yeah. a nap. Madam Tippy Taps. Yeah. So that, because it is really distracting. <laughs> it is. So thinking about those background noises that are going on is really important. And if you can put some sort of physical barriers or, you know, put maybe you put a rug down mm-hmm. you didn't think to put a rug but gosh it's just so loud and echoey in that space that that's really distracting to your learner yep. so kind of think about that auditory stuff i think I, another good one is you know coordinating with your family to on their schedules right like do you want to do homeschooling say say mom or dad works the evening shift and they come home at you know eight o'clock in the morning right we need a quiet house you know um Maybe that's your time to to be with the kids. Maybe you work the evening shift and you got you got you know you wake up early and you you want to be with the kids that day and then maybe you got to do your homeschooling in the afternoon. Sometimes we have weird schedules with families. They work kind of shifted schedules. Um, understanding what those schedules look like, um, understanding you know what a- extracurricular activities. If say one kid is in their homeschool swim class at ten o'clock in the morning, you know how does that affect your homeschooling with your you know ten year old right that type of thing. Understanding how your schedule is all interlinked and where you can put your homeschooling and when to do it best. Like, for example, on Thursdays for me, I have all morning and then we go off to dance class for our youngest. That's a little bit of time for us to do some more reading, to do some more activities. And then we have kind of a break and then we go to strings. And it's, you know, kind of all over the place, but I'm able to bring stuff with me and and fit it into those times because we're trying to interlock our schedules and, and try to get the most out of our time. Because we do have a lot of blocks of time that are just kind of consumed that mm-hmm. would normally be devoted to homeschooling. Like my right. Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Friday mornings are just nuked. I mean, she's got classes during those times. I can't do homeschooling then. So I'm out essentially two mornings and that's like my best time to do homeschool with her. So what do I do for that? How do I still get the things I need to get done through the week and keep on task, but while also being you know respectful of the schedules that we have. So understanding how to interlock your schedules, I think, is a real big thing because that could be parental schedules, but also you know multiple kids' activity right. schedules, right? And you want to optimize your learning time so that you work with the flow of your household and your neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, maybe the time you want to homeschool is the time that you have another kid who's getting ready to go off to their job every day. You've got a teenager and they've got to 
you know, that whatever, this is the time that's always busy. That might not work out well. Or maybe you just have to keep your schedule really flexible so that you can say like, oh gosh, the neighborhood's super busy today. And we have times we try to homeschool when, you know, I swear in the summer at the entire neighborhood fires up their lawnmowers at like the same freaking time. I don't know why this happens, but you know, yeah, it's like, that was the time we wanted homeschool. Figure out your neighborhood's patterns um, and maybe keep things flexible so that if you notice there's there's a big distraction, that might be a good time to just say, "Ah, you know what, we're going to pivot today. We're going to do something else because I know that I'm not going to get through this external distraction. I'm just not going to beat my head against the wall with it. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about communicating with the family members, and I think that goes right along with it. Um, But going into sort of like, maybe you don't want it to be silent. Maybe your student works better with some noise, right? right? Like I'm a, when I do my writing, sometimes I will do white noise or mm-hmm. brown noise or celestial yeah. white Silence noise. Silence might just be actually too, distracting too much for yeah. them. Yeah. You may need a little bit of that, that type of help. So maybe it's some music, maybe it's some light strings music or um, some light music in the distance in the mm-hmm. background. Maybe that helps to like calm the brain a little yeah. bit yeah you work best with what with some sort of noise yeah I, it's I, funny you even sleep best with some sort of noise and i'm yeah. the one that doesn't want any noise when i sleep i want it to be totally silent. I like a little bit of like the fan wind noise yeah, yeah yeah you like some noise so maybe find what works best for your kiddos and if that works well for them then that would be something another thing to to really consider is um uh, this is a big one for our kids anyway how they're dressed and the temperature in the house is a big piece. Uh, our daughter seems to like do better when she's got a blanket around her. Oh, she loves the blankets in the morning. Right. She, she likes to be really warm when she's doing homeschooling. Yeah, she does. She gets really distracted because she, I, I don't think she's out of her cozy phase yet. She no. wants to still be in that cocoon. She may be like that all of the rest of her life. You know? Maybe so. And it really helps her to be cozy and not be distracted. So there can be lots of things. Um, there are times too, especially when we want to get a lot of work done, where we'll tell our daughter, go get in your loungy clothes and she will go get in like her most comfortable sweats and, you know, t-shirts and fuzzy socks. And she's just really warm and cozy. Um, and there's other days where, you know, she'll go and dress herself and she'll like put on like a dress or whatever. And you can see she's constantly like adjusting it, itching it, messing with it. And so, um, you know, I think this is where the distraction log will really help you and you start to see some patterns in your, in your family or, um, some triggers, some, some distraction triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just the ones that are distraction triggers in our house. Um, but maybe you have, I'm sure you have different ones. Uh, but these are just some ideas of things that can come up and yeah. some ideas to try to combat them. But we'd love to hear, you know, what your biggest distractions are. Absolutely. I mean, put it in the Facebook group. It and was a good, it was a good two episode thing where you what tips think, you have. Yeah. What, what tips you have. I, I, th- I hope you guys enjoyed this. We're going to be moving on. I think we have another couple episodes for this year and then mm-hmm. we'll do a couple encore episodes for the holidays and then yeah. we'll be into the new year. Oh my gosh, it'll be 2024. I and know. I still I don't have it. a hoverboard. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it. Um, we started the podcast in 2020 and so we are yeah. still going strong and we're still really committed to being here. Thanks for sticking with us mm-hmm. all. We, we're getting things back to YouTube. We just had a little break with uh, illnesses Holiday. and yeah, holidays Holiday, and yeah. things, but we are still studying um, our ancient civilizations and we're going to get back to that too. Yeah, so. We can't record videos and have like a jump cut every 10 seconds for a cough. 
Y- yeah, we just have been, you know, tis the season for the child cold. Yes, and we the never-ending child cold. We hope all of you guys are staying happy and healthy in the end of this new year, and you guys can rock it into the new year. And you guys, hopefully, hopefully you guys are homeschooling; it's going great. And hopefully, this, these two distraction episodes were not too distracting for your homeschool. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!